Hello, Louisiana. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Monday, October 7th of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. We're down to the final week of campaigning for the 2019 primary season with the election coming up this Saturday. And all year long, we've been talking about the importance of farmers and ranchers and other agribusiness professionals getting involved in the political process, either by actually running for office themselves or by getting involved in a political campaign or organization. We'll talk more about that with Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain. That's coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. We're looking at a tale of two weather systems across the country. Some areas of the country dealing with flooding still, while other areas are dealing with drought. It's been a crazy year for weather. Flooding made things difficult this spring during planting, and now it appears that some of those same locations are going to struggle with flooding while trying to harvest their crops. Bryce Anderson is a senior ag meteorologist with DTN. He lives in Nebraska, and he's seen firsthand what's going on. I've seen it. You know, we've had very heavy rains in parts of the Central Plains and the Western Midwest during the last few days, and so that has uh, kept things very wet. There has been more flooding, and that's just an issue that we've had going back to the bomb cyclone back in March, and things have not really changed very much ever since. And so, yeah, there's flood problems that are going to have to be worked around during harvest. We've got a slow harvest. There's no doubt about it. Anderson says the flooding is popping up in many of the same states that were affected this spring. Iowa has been affected as well. Southern Minnesota has been. Southeastern and eastern South Dakota. Northwestern Missouri. There are some acreages in northwestern Missouri, southwestern Iowa that are just completely gone this year, prevented planting. Northeastern Kansas has been affected as well. And so there's a pretty good-sized area of the western Corn Belt that's been hit with this latest round of flooding. And while those areas are dealing with flooding, the latest U.S. drought monitor reveals a significant expansion in drought in some regions of the country. Rod Bain takes a closer look. What a difference a month makes, particularly regarding the U.S. drought monitor. As USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey notes for the period ending October 1st, We saw record-setting warmth and dryness across a huge area of the country, stretching from the southern plains into the southeast and mid-Atlantic states, resulting in significant drought coverage in several parts of those areas. For example, There are four southeastern states, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia, that saw increases in coverage of drought more than 50% during the month of September alone. In addition, another area that certainly has seen an increase in coverage in recent weeks, Arizona in Utah, as the western portion of the monsoon belt saw a virtual failure of the monsoon during the entire summer, and that included September. Regarding how that impacts the latest national drought coverage percentage, if you look at the five-week period, we saw more than a doubling of drought coverage across the country from 9% in late August to 19% by October 1st. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. It's not too early to be thinking about a big cotton meeting coming up right after the first of the year. Don Molino reports. 
Lauren Krogman, Beltwide Cotton Conference Coordinator, says the annual Beltwide will be held in Austin January 8th through the 10th. Sustainability will be a big topic again this year, as well as traits and new plant varieties, the latest chemistries, flint contamination prevention, regulatory issues, and the newest precision agriculture equipment. Registration is going to be found at our website, cotton.org forward slash Beltwide, under the registration tab. And then for perks of pre-registration, so you get up to a $50 discount whenever you pre-register online before Monday, December 16th. For NCC members and U.S. researchers, extension, that'll be about $200 for registration. And then students are discounted at an affordable rate of about $80. Room reservations are available as well as group reservations. And all of that can be made through our website's housing tab. And special room rate discounts are available until Monday, December I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Last week, USA Rice hosted a delegation of seven officials from Iraq's Ministry of Trade for a meeting with U.S. rice exporters in Lake Charles. The team discussed ways to ensure continued trade between the two countries, including improved rice quality, technical trainings, and investment into Iraq. The governments of Iraq and the U.S. signed a Rice Memorandum of Understanding in 2016 that has led to U.S.-specific tenders for rice. 300,000 metric tons of U.S. rice has been purchased over the past three years. Twenty-five people from 15 states participated in the recent Southern University Ag Center Produce Safety Alliance Train the Trainer Certification Workshop. The two-day workshop provided safety trainers with certification needed to conduct trainings for farmers who are governed by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's Produce Safety Rule. That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Remember, you can always stay up to date by checking our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. Just click on the button there in the middle of the homepage on our website, fill out your name and email address, and we'll subscribe you to The Daily Voice. We'll send it right to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. It was a mostly quiet day in the grain markets, not a whole lot of movement on either side of the trade. Virginia McGathy is with McGathy Commodities on the trading floor in Chicago. You know, it really, the market has kind of stalled out. It's basically traded on both sides of unchanged, with the market looking a little bit firm. So we've hung on to most of the gains that we've had over the last week. But I think that we're really look, uh, looking ahead to the report coming on Thursday. And unless any kind of headline comes in that might push the market around, I suspect that we'll sit here and wait until we can get our numbers. You know, there is in the forecast uh, that we could be getting uh, some frost, some, uh, I don't want to say like early snow, but I mean, sometimes, you know, we're all, we've already made it this far. Uh, the only problem is, is that uh, we we're delayed in the planting. And so that's why it may uh, affect the harvest here. But that's it for uh, information. And the other thing would be the trade deal, if anything actually happens with that. But we kind of try to uh, look through all the tweets to see if there's anything about agriculture. And nothing has been coming up yet. And so everyone is just kind of on pins and needles, uh, just waiting to see if there's going to be any information that might give us a lift. I mean, that's what we're expecting, but it's hard to tell. Soybeans traded both sides of the market, but we ended slightly lower. November beans down a penny, 9.15 and a quarter. January soybeans down three quarters. 
929 and a half. Corn closed higher. December corn up two and a quarter, 387. The March contract up two cents, 399 a bushel. July wheat down three quarters, 506 and a quarter. November rice down one and a half, 1164 and a half. January rice unchanged at 1193. November sugar down four, 2580. Now with a look at the cotton market, here's Don Molino. CFTC data released on Friday showed spec traders at a net short position of 24,795 contracts as of last Tuesday. The Cadillac index at 30 points at 72.25 a pound for October 4th. The average world price from Thursday set at 53.36 cents a pound. October cotton unchanged at 60.59 since it expires tomorrow. New crop December cotton finished 61.79 of 12, and March cotton finished today at 62.55 of 13. The spot market price for North and South Delta 61.33 of 16. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. The Fed cattle market continues to gain strength. Last week, we saw prices move $2 higher. We had a smaller slaughter, and that helped to encourage higher prices, and the feedlots will continue to hold on to those cattle to continue the upward price movement. We ended up last week selling cattle in the north at 107 to 109 on a live basis, mostly 170 dressed. Kansas and Texas sold cattle at 107 to 107.50. The futures market finished mixed with the live cattle market higher. October live cattle up 90 cents, 108.25. The December up 42, 111.20. But the feeder cattle market closed lower. October feeders down 27 at 141.70. November feeders down 45, 140.92. Well, we are coming down to the wire for the 2019 elections. The primary is this Saturday, and we've been talking all election season long about how important it is for farmers, ranchers, agribusiness professionals, and those involved in agriculture to get involved in the political process, either by running for office or by getting involved in a campaign or some type of political organization. We'll talk more about that with Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Mike Strain. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. It's a well-known fact that here in Louisiana, sugarcane is more than just a crop. It's a way of life. It creates more than 16,000 jobs across the state and an additional $3 billion boost to our state's economy. And Louisiana's cane families always give back to the communities where we live, work, and play. Louisiana Sugarcane, making life sweeter, naturally. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane. The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We're talking with Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain. Mike, let's talk about politics. And we're in an election year here right now. How important is it for farmers to get involved in politics, either on their local level or on the state level? Why do you feel that it's important for farmers to get involved and have a seat at the table? It is so very important because if you, Will Rogers once said, if good men and women don't run for office, basically get involved, others will. 
And we need to make sure that our point is heard, our voice is heard, and that we are a major factor in running this country. This country is run by itself, by its citizens. And we need to make sure Farm Bureau farmers, you know, homeowners, you know, our timbermen, our, you know, our fishermen, all of those have a voice and a seat at the table. And if you've ever been involved in government, if you've ever been to the Capitol, ever been to Washington, you listen to those debates, you'll find people that are passing laws or trying to pass laws or voting on or speaking on subject matter that may not have, an, have a clue about what they're talking about, but they can have a significant impact on what we do today and our future. And the thing about agriculture, what I tell our farmers is that, you know, we must be at the table. If we're not at the table, then we're on the table. And it's important that our voices be heard because what we do is about the long term. What we do is about the future. What we do is to feed America and the majority of the entire world. And each and everything that we do, you know, these things are critical. And it's because what happens is that if we're not at the table and then you have you know, progressive legislation uh, piece by piece that is passed that weakens our position and our ability to farm and to produce. And so it's important because agriculture is a long-term pursuit. It is a lifetime. You know, we have to, you know, build these farms. We have to, you know, make sure that our, our land is fertile and remains fertile and continues to be more fertile each and every year. We have to have sustainability. And there are many things that affect what we do, everything from trucking issues to liability issues issues to labor issues uh, also dealing with you know plant pest crops diseases trade all of these things the world around us really has a tremendous effect on number one our bottom line but also our basic ability to farm and our ability to get those products to market and the ability of those products at market to be you know purchased by and accepted by consumers Mike, what caused you to step up to the plate and run for office? You were a veterinarian. Uh, I believe your family's uh, got a cattle background as well. Um, what caused you to step up and say, I, I, you know, I have a successful practice here, things are going well, but I'm going to dip my foot into the, to the political realm for, to, to, to take on a job that, frankly, doesn't really pay very well. Um, what, what caused you to take that step and do that? Well, you know, I truly, I love veterinary medicine. I love private practice. But I feel that being involved in the political arena, I feel that as a calling. You know, in my family, we believe that those things the good Lord has bestowed upon us, we have to give back. And we believe that's in public service. Generationally, my family, each generation has served their time doing the public good. And this goes back multiple generations. Justice of the Pieces, uh, state representative, judges you know, sheriffs, chiefs of police, mayors, and that sort of thing. And so when I first got out of veterinary school, uh, my cousin, Big Bill Strain, was chairman of House Agriculture Committee. I got involved in organized veterinary medicine, the Veterinary Medical Association. And so I became a part of the legislative committee and then eventually chair of the legislative committee. All veterinary bills went before House Agriculture Committee, and the chairman was Big Bill Strain, a cousin of mine. And so for over 10 years, you know, I did that. And so I maintained a successful practice. And I also, though, would, quote, help carry the bills and work in the legislative arena for the Veterinary Medical Association. And then I had joined the Farm Bureau. And the Farm Bureau, I was part of the National Legislative Action Plan, NLAP. And my contacts were Bob Livingston and Senator Mary Landrieu. And so I worked, you know, in the legislative arena for the Veterinary Medical Association, but also the Farm Bureau Federation. 
and we had many things that we did, private property rights bills, you know, those things protecting the farmer. And what happened in July of 1999, Big Bill Strain, at the age of 58, died acutely. He died. And qualifying was just a couple of weeks later in August. And I made a decision to qualify and run in that office in the 74th District. Big Bill Strain had held that seat 28 years. And I decided to run. It was in my practice area. And I ran against uh, a group of attorneys, actually several trial lawyers. And I was elected in the first primary in my practice area. And I immediately began serving in Baton Rouge. And now that's been 20 years ago. It's been like a day. And after eight years in the legislature, I was elected by my peers to chair the Rural Caucus. And that's the largest caucus in the legislature. We had over 60 members. I was appointed under two governors to serve on the Rural Legislative Task Force to look in the rural areas. What can we do to better the lives of rural people in Louisiana? Health care, education, economic opportunities. And after eight years, I made a decision. It was either time to move up or go home. And, of course, you know, I made the decision, and we ran statewide. Ran statewide and was elected to Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, where I've now served 11 years. But I have, and I had a very large, successful practice. And, of course, and I love practicing veterinary medicine. My wife and I still own a practice together. She's actively engaged in practice. I still do financial management. But you're right. I left a job that paid me very, very well uh, for one that pays about half of what I was earning or less than half. But what we do every day makes a big difference. And I feel that at the end of the day, you know, again, those things that have been given unto me, you know, those good things that God has allowed me to have, I think we need to give that in public service. And so I truly feel this is a calling. We have done tremendous things, and we want to do a lot more. We've made a lot of progress, and there's still a lot more to do. What advice would you have for a farmer, a rancher, or agribusiness professional who is thinking about maybe running for office? I think the main thing is make sure you have financial stability. Uh, that's one thing that is important. Uh, also, begin and get involved. You know, being a member of the Farm Bureau, I was on the Farm Bureau Board of Directors. I was served on the state board. Uh, I served as a fire commissioner on our local fire, fire board. You know, I served as a reserve deputy in the St. Tammany Parish Sheriff's Office for 17 years in special operations. Do those things in public service. They get you familiar with the governmental process but also so that you start building a name and a reputation as someone uh, that has leadership skills and qualities. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Mike Strain. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Monday, October 7th of 2019. We'll be back tomorrow, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.